Okay, this is me trying something new. I've wanted to use Anchor FM more in my health class, and I do have some plans for the forthcoming Shape Nashville conference. However, I often make podcasts with my students, particularly when we're addressing Health Education Standard 8, which is the advocacy skill. Um, I love the opportunity that my that podcasts give my students in allowing them to tailor their message uh, take all that they have learned over the course of the, the semester, put a strong advocacy message together and push that out in a way that I can share with others. Typically, I'll mix those podcasts up and I'll put them on SoundCloud and I'll embed them in iBooks and I share them with other students. But I'm going to try something new. Today, with my students, I was proofing their podcast recordings. For the first time, I was really more intentional about the structure of this process and I made uh, students sit down with all of the work and the writing that they'd done for me over the course of the semester and write a podcast that attended to some questions uh, and I structured those questions so that they um, encouraged students to think deeper. Anyway, the quality of the recordings was so good um, that instead of just saving one or two, I'm going to try and push out more through this medium. And then the plan is that each of those recordings becomes an episode. And I know that Anchor will store these um, for longevity. So here we go. From this point onwards, you'll hear different episodes, different students from my health classes sharing their thoughts on their advocacy topics, which were based on our youth risk behavior survey data. So topics might include things such as relationships, safety, toxic relationships, stress, anxiety, depression, sleep. Um, some students chose to advocate for um, safe sexual behaviors and so on. So I don't know what I'm going to put forward, what I'm going to share out with the episodes, but uh, stay tuned and tell me what you think of the work that my students have put together. I'm very proud of what you're about to hear. I chose this topic because I experienced problems with sleep and my peers around me always seem to complain about being tired and not being able to function in class. I chose this topic because I myself struggle with sleep problems and I thought that if I advocate for sleep and further my education about sleep, I can help others and myself as well. Because every day I felt tired, I always felt like I was yawning. I never really felt well rested and I wanted to learn how I could improve my problems with sleep and others too. I chose this topic because I struggle with getting enough sleep at night and wanted to help others to balance their daily lives with sufficient amounts of sleep. This problem is a big issue. Um, for an example, I interviewed my peers about sleep. I learned that those had very busy schedules, uh, which was the majority of the interviews, thought that they did not get enough sleep. When I asked how much sleep people got, the majority responded with six to seven hours. The recommended sleep for an average teen is a minimum of eight hours, and everyone I talked to said they did not meet this expectation. I think this is a really big issue. Uh, one day at lunch, I asked everyone at my lunch table, and only one person out of everyone got enough sleep at night. I think the reason for this is not that people have trouble sleeping, but they don't have enough time to sleep. How do you think this issue is perceived by others? I don't think that many of our peers understand how important sleep is, and not many people put enough effort to get the right amount of sleep. Yeah, I agree. Like, for example, some students might save all their homework for very late at night, or students might just stay up on their phone. There are many more examples, but basically students do not put sleep as one of their main priorities because not many understand how much sleep affects our daily lives. 
Why should this issue be addressed, and how is this issue related to our overall health? We must encourage others to sleep more because a lack of rest is harmful to our academic performance and mood. Staying up late affects the mood of the student, and it is harder to wake up in the morning because their brain is wired to have a certain amount of sleep that they aren't meeting the requirement. Ultimately, students' learning is even more important than the grades, and if a student isn't sleeping, he or she isn't learning at his or her full potential. Their attention span will drop dramatically due to the loss of sleep, and their performance in school will be negatively impacted. What have you done to advocate for this issue? What ideas do you have? So far, I have it for my family, especially my sister, because she has trouble getting enough sleep, too. Um, to improve this problem, I believe that schools should create a homework schedule. For example, on Mondays and Wednesdays, teachers can only give science and math homework. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, teachers would only give history and English homework than on Friday and the other class. Therefore, students will have less homework to complete at nights, then they'll get more sleep, which is the ultimate goal. If you're affected by this issue, here's where you can go for help. You can visit the sleepfoundation.org to learn more about sleep deprivation. You can also talk to your parents, teachers, advisors, and doctors. This podcast is focused on toxic relationships, but not in a romantic sense. Toxic relationships can affect friendships, and this problem is a very big issue at Nutrier. I choose to advocate for this topic because I can relate to it. I've had my share of toxic friendships, and it can be really overwhelming and difficult to overcome all of the emotions you feel during the relationship and after it ends. Many students don't seem to realize that they aren't alone in this experience, and I know this because I used to feel that way too. Unfortunately, there aren't many statistics on toxic relationships at Nutrier, and there should be, because everyone has had this problem at least once in their life. But of the people I've surveyed, most believe that 40% to 60% of relationships can become toxic at our ages of 15 to 18. 80% of my peers believe that friendships are already prone to emotional trouble. I've learned that students who eventually break off friendships are more susceptible to depression and self-destructive tendencies. However, since there is a portion of the student body that is dating, this topic isn't discussed as often as it should be. This issue has been linked to certain health problems. All of the anxiety of fitting in with friends who aren't really your friends can increase stress and eventually lead to cardiovascular distress. This problem needs to be dealt with by standing up to those who are treating you badly. Over 90% of the students I surveyed would rather ignore the toxicity in their friendship altogether rather than deal with it or fix it. In order to re-educate people on this issue, I've told people that I've talked to that communication is one of the most important components in any relationship. Without it, no one will benefit from the friendship. I've sent links to people about toxic friendships and have even gotten assurances from others that I'm not alone either. Talking to people has been the most effective form of success because people learn how to overcome a failed friendship and form new ones with people who understand. Anyone who's had a friendship, who's had friendship troubles can talk to any trusted friend, siblings, social workers at school, and even parents. Parents are more helpful than given credit for because they were once teenagers as well, and they understand how hurtful toxic friendships can be. I hope this podcast convinces teachers at Nutria romantic relationships aren't the only types of relationships that need to be talked about.
and welcome to this podcast about sleep. I chose to study sleep because of how prevalent of an issue it is at Nutrier and how much getting too little sleep affects people. As a student, I have witnessed firsthand how little sleep some people get and how it affects them, as well as seeing how it affects my own education. Therefore, this is a topic that I felt passionate about bringing more awareness to. As I mentioned, a lack of sleep is a huge issue. At Nutrier, according to the YRBS data, fewer than 5% of students are getting the recommended nine hours of sleep. Furthermore, the Youth Risk Assessment Survey reports that almost 70% of high school students nationwide get fewer than eight hours of sleep a night. Fortunately, Nutrier students are aware of the issue. When I asked my peers how much sleep they usually get every night, the answers tended to be between six and seven hours. When I asked them how much sleep they thought others were getting, the response was the same. This aligns with the data provided by the YRBS, which said that around 37% of students were getting seven hours of sleep and 25% were getting six hours. Not only were they aware of the general amount of sleep that students were getting, they were also aware that those numbers were bad. Almost all of my peers are aware of the fact that we should be getting at least eight or nine hours a night, but we're also cognizant of the fact that we are expected to do a lot of work at this school, and that getting that much sleep simply isn't feasible sometimes. In terms of general health, sleep is the body's way of resetting after the day. The brain takes this time to clean itself out. Important connections in the brain are strengthened, and the useless ones are weakened. Toxins are flushed out. If someone doesn't get enough sleep, the result can be decreased performance at school or work, as well as an increased risk for Alzheimer's. Moreover, not getting enough sleep can lead to heart disease, obesity, and diabetes. In order to increase awareness of this issue, I did research on the topic and then wrote a blog post about the risks associated with in insufficient sleep. In the future, I think that it would be best if the school took some time to look at this issue, either by taking a day to talk about health as a group or by getting rid of homework for one night. In general, there has to be more action by the school itself since there's only so much that a student can do. A great source of information about sleep and how to get more of it is sleep.org, which is created by the National Sleep Foundation. Thank you so much for listening. We chose stress because we feel the need to raise awareness about the impact of stress on students. Stress is an important topic because it not only affects us, but it affects many of our friends and peers. How big of a problem is this issue? Over half of Nutrier students were stressed for 10 or more days a month, where only 5% of the other half of students were not stressed at all. Essentially, 95% of students were stressed at least once in a month. How is this issue perceived by our peers? The majority of students at Nutrier understand the widespread issue of stress and know why stress is such a big problem, especially at Nutrier. When faced with the question of how many of the students at Nutrier experience stress, our peers correctly estimated the amount of stress experienced by students, and some were even surprised when we told them some people reported never feeling stressed. Why should this issue be addressed? It's hard to address the problem of stress with a permanent or even semi-permanent solution. Stress is very difficult to manage because so much of it stems from academics and the workload we receive from school. In the past, stress relief exercises have been helpful for, helpful for only a few minutes until we realized that the time we used to de-stress could have been used to work on a project. 
Stress is something that needs to be addressed because of the amount of people it impacts and the severity of it. Students struggle daily with stress and some even get to the point where it is difficult to function normally. Resolving this issue is essential to maintaining the mental health of students. What have you done to advocate for this issue? In our health class, we have advocated by making numerous posters that attempted to educate our peers on strategies to managing stress. We also made buttons that had calming words on them, which encouraged people to stress less. If you are affected by this issue, where can you go for help? The first step is to identify what is causing you to feel stressed. If it's an upcoming assessment or assignment, there are several ways to get help. You can always talk to your teachers, classmates, and friends. If a teacher is not available or doesn't seem approachable, the math and English resource rooms are a great place to ask other students for help. At Nutrier, we have social workers who are experienced with helping students through their stress, and there are also more specialized support groups that students can sign up for at the beginning of the year. Places in your local community and online websites can also be useful resources, such as the American Heart Association or WebMD, which provide articles on the management of stress. There is also a stress relief center in Northbrook that focuses on different types of therapy to help with stress, depression, and phobias. More information can be found on stressreliefcenter.com. How can we work to reduce stress? It's also important to take a break every so often and do something you enjoy. Getting enough sleep, eating well, staying hydrated, and exercising regularly will all make you feel better and make it easier to manage school, sports, relationships, etc. Another way that teachers can help to reduce stress is to distribute less homework to students. Homework is the leading cause of stress at Nutrier, and the best way to combat this is for the amount of homework to lessen. It would be helpful if there were days when specific subjects could, only specific subjects could assign homework. Why is stress a big deal? So many people are impacted by stress regularly, not only high school students. By raising awareness about the prevalence of stress in the lives of teenagers, students can get the help they, that they need to cope with their stress. There are many resources helping teens with their stress, which can also be used for the benefit of adults coping with stress. Stress is such an important issue because of the wide variety of people that it affects. While mental health issues tend to be pushed to the back burner, stress isn't an issue that can be ignored. affluence and reputation, its student body appears to be extraordinarily stressed on a daily basis. There are several important issues that are big problems in the student community that need to be addressed, and all of these problems stem from academic and personal stress. Some of the biggest issues are relationship abuse, binge drinking, and alcohol abuse, along with lack of sleep. These are all issues that many students at Nutrier face, which impact mental health, academics, and relationships. Today, we will be going into these issues in depth and give you insight into their causes, their impacts, and their possible solutions. Despite Nutrier's reputation as a leader in the academic community, these issues are still relevant and greatly impact the student body. To start, relationship abuse may not impact the entirety of the student body, but those who do suffer from domestic violence are negatively affected to a degree where it consumes their entire life. 16% of Nutrier students, or 640 students, in a relationship said that they experienced verbal abuse, and 5%, or about 200 students, reported physical abuse. 
These may seem like small statistics, but many incidents of abuse are not reported because people are too scared to call it out or may not recognize it to begin with. Abuse in a relationship can encourage harmful thinking, low confidence, lack of focus, and effort in schoolwork and stress. Speaking of stress, 53% of students reported feeling extremely stressed for 10 or more days every month. 42% reported stress for one to nine days. Between the rigorous curriculum of Nutrier and personal problems students experience outside of the classroom, kids are feeling stressed out on a nearly daily basis. When confronted with these high stress situations, students are more likely to abuse alcohol and binge drink in order to cope. One of three Nutrier students has had five or more drinks of alcohol consecutively in the past month. This can encourage bad decision making, poor health conditions, and can lead to an addiction to alcohol. Of the students that drink alcohol, 70% of them binge drink. Though the majority of Nutria students do not drink, most kids think that this is not the case, which can lead to peer pressure and poor decisions. Those that begin drinking as teenagers are six times more likely to develop alcoholism as adults, according to the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse. All of these factors contributing to the bad physical health and mental health of the students can result in poor performance in class and after school activities. Another health problem at Nutria is that lots of Nutria students suffer from lack of sleep. 74.4% of students get seven or less hours of sleep on average, but teens should be getting approximately nine hours at night. This lack of sleep can be attributed to stress, overloaded schoolwork, and relationship issues. Sleep deprivation can cause fatigue, moodiness, impaired performance at school, and memory and thinking problems. After interviewing my friends and peers, I came to realize that this issue affects a vast number of students and affects lives of many kids. These can contribute to the vicious cycle of more stress, which can cause more sleep loss, which causes more stress. This can, in turn, impact relationships, binge drinking, and stress. These may seem like insignificant factors, but since many students are dealing with several of these issues at the same time, it becomes a lot to handle. When we chose these topics, we knew that they negatively affected the student body based on our interviews with fellow peers, so we chose these topics in order to inform others about the true facts and impacts of these issues. The issues of sleep deprivation and binge drinking often stem from the schoolwork and the enormous workload that teachers and coaches put on the students. Relationship abuse can impact students' mental health by contributing to the stress that students feel. Though we have all advocated for these issues by making buttons, videos, and posters, the best way to solve these problems is to encourage education on these issues and to facilitate an active dialogue between the administration and the student body. Until we address the main issues of stress and its impact on students, nothing will change. If you are affected by binge drinking, relationship abuse, sleep deprivation, you can try to talk to a social worker, advisor, or parent. These issues are extremely relevant to the student body and know that these issues are important to your health and that you are not alone. We chose stress because stress impacts students and the impact is usually negative. The overwhelming stress affects students daily and it comes along with long-term consequences. We have personally experienced stress in our own lives, causing us to know the consequences firsthand. We also chose to advocate for sleep. Depending on how many hours of sleep that you get a night, it can determine your mood for the entire day. Students that don't get enough sleep will have a hard time paying attention in their classes, along with completing their homework. 
13% of Nutrier students felt stressed or anxious every day for the past 30 days. Only 5% of Nutrier students have not experienced this stress in the past month. The main source of this stress was academics, followed by post-high school plans, friends, extracurricular, and finally family. This information was gathered by Nutrier's Youth Risk Behavior Survey, taken <laughs> by the whole student body. Staff asked the question, on an average school night, how many hours of sleep do you get? 3,000 of Nutrier students responded to this question, and the results aren't as good as we thought they would be. 5% of the students said that they got 4 hours or less of sleep. 7.9% said they got 5 hours of sleep. 25% said they got 6 hours. 36.5% said they got 7 hours. 21% said they got 8 hours. 4% got said they got 9 hours. And 0.6% said they got more than 10 hours. These statistics mean that more than half of the students are not getting enough sleep a night. When we talk to our peers about their experiences with stress and sleep, they all replied with similar answers. The common theme was that they felt stressed nearly every day, and their stress and lack of time in their day caused them to not get enough sleep. They attributed their stress to homework and unrealistic expectations set by their teachers and reinforced by their parents. Sophomores feel stressed from increased college exposure and pressure for good grades. Juniors have especially high stress from testing, junior themes, thinking about college, where and how to apply. Seniors are mostly stressed due to the application process. They also replied by saying these expectations have caused them to complete work instead of getting enough sleep. When you add up all the hours that you spend completing different tasks in a day, including school, homework, after school activities such as sports and clubs, time for eating and showering, etc., and most importantly, sleeping, the total amount of hours is 26 hours. There are only 24 hours in a day, so to fit these busy schedules in your day, you must take away time from certain activities, and as most commonly, sleep. These busy and demanding schedules cause students to be overwhelmed and extremely stressed and end up having an outrageous lack of sleep. Lack of sleep causes lack of focus, increased stress, more susceptibility to stress-induced anxiety and illness. The stress can cause long-lasting health complications related to your heart and your mental health too. To advocate for this project, we have made an effort to spread awareness of the statistics by making buttons, videos, and talking to peers, professionals in stress and sleep, as well as administrators. The way to solve this widespread problem is for the school to take action in reducing the schoolwork and unrealistic expectations on students. If you find yourself experiencing stress often and feel that it's affecting your sleep or mental health, you can refer to social workers at Trier as well as talking to your friends, family, and your advisor. Hello, so Danny, why did you choose this topic? Well, I chose this topic, Max, because many people at our school don't understand the risks, and it isn't uncommon to see someone who has taken the risks. It is well known that alcohol has negative effects on growing brains, but teens still continue to drink despite the risks. Misconceptions are common when talking about drinking, and it should be important to all of us to see even one of our peers struggling with these problems. 
After interviewing multiple students, we have collected multiple data points for the perception of binge drinking, personal statistics of their actions concerning binge drinking, and reactions when the data from 2016 was revealed concerning binge drinking. Out of the people we interviewed, most thought that around 40% of students had binge drunk in the past 30 days. Of the five students we interviewed, only one admitted to drinking in the past 30 days, but would not specify the circumstances. He asked that his name would remain anonymous. When this data was revealed, reactions including surprise, concern, and understanding were relevant. When asked for the definition of binge drinking, the general consensus was a large amount of alcohol consumed in a short period of time. All of them knew that it took less for a woman to become inebriated, but did not know the specific number of drinks for each category. Reasons for not drinking range from bad public image to academics to simple non-belief in alcohol. Based on this data, we, we believe that the advocacy should be based around educating people on harmful um, effects of, of binge drinking and the specific amount of alcohol one can consume before it becomes extremely harmful to the body. While this may not solve binge drinking immediately, it seems that it will be effective in lowering the number of people binge drinking. And while many may not stop binge drinking, alcohol consumption per person may be reduced, hopefully will be reduced, and through other advocacy projects, we can lower the amount of, we can lower the number of people binge drinking down to almost zero. What have you done to advocate for this issue, and what ideas do you have to improve the situation? Well, Max, we need to educate more teens on the effect of binge drinking. The redirect around binge drinking needs to become more serious. If students better understood the vast negative effects of binge drinking, they might be able to understand why they should not take part in such harmful actions. If you are affected by the issue of binge drinking, there are social workers devoted to helping teenagers in your high school. Go to social worker or, or any one of your trusted friends or family members and seek help. Thank you. We are four teenage girls who see and experience extreme stress and anxiety from high school students on the daily. With school, sports, friends, family, and time for yourself, the balance of high school life is almost impossible. As students, athletes, and diligent students, we all, like a plethora of students, put sports and homework um, in front of sleep. With sleep numbers dwindling to five, six hours of sleep per night, students who are not getting students are not getting enough sleep this lack of sleep leads to loss of focus delay into developing your mind and body and most specifically negatively affecting mood today we are here to advocate for sleep as we see our peers suffering because of the lack of sleep many people in the older generations who did not grow up with technology believe that the reason that students are so stressed is because of the distractions of electronics instead of doing homework they believe that students are wasting time on instagram and snapchat However, after interviewing our peers and examining our own behavior, this is not the root of the problem. When questioned about television and phone usage, students all said they never have time to watch Netflix or television on school nights and check their phone every hour or so. It is human to check your phone every hour. Students can't be expected to be machines that are able to remain focused for three or four hours straight on. We specifically chose this topic to squash all the rumors about sleep deprivation in teenagers and to educate the older generations about how this is a serious issue that must, must be attended to. 
How big of a problem is the issue? Huge. The problem with sleep is that it is necessary in order to function at the highest level possible. No matter what time of life you are in, the only way you can have enough energy to get through the day is through sleep. The average nature student gets anywhere from 6 to 8 hours a night. Less than 5% get the recommended amount of 9 hours. All students said they understood how important sleep was to them, how it overall affects the, their performance in sports and in school. However, with sports, school, family, and friends, sleep is the one thing easiest to give up in life. Not only with three hours of scheduled practice a day, student athletes are expected to eat healthy and perform additional training on their own, and in season it is especially important to be getting enough sleep for your working body. Students are expected to balance everything in their life, but this is impossible to do when homework and sports take up three to four hours each and school gets out at 325. This leaves eight hours after school filled up already. Based on all of the interviews we conducted to our peers, all the students understand the importance of sleep, but give it up because of homework. In order to advocate for this issue for our health class, we've done a variety of things to advocate. In addition to this podcast, we've created posters, reached out to social media websites, created buttons and slogans, and discussed and informed our peers on the severity of this issue. Our main focus has been through school and educating teachers of the problems that they cause through too much work, and then additionally teaching students to advocate for themselves and talk to teachers about their lack of sleep. We obviously cannot force students to change their sleep patterns and give up their favorite activities, but by advocating and showing how life could be so improved with it, we can begin to change students' lives for the better. If you are affected by this issue, the most logical step would be to communicate with your parents about activities and how you may be doing one too many clubs or sports. By communicating with your teachers about the amount of work given, you can compromise about the amount of work and which nights it will be assigned. Additionally, check in on your study techniques. Are you studying as effectively as you could be? Talk to teachers about skills of efficiency. Finally, studies have shown that the blue light from electronics can keep minds alert and awake, so if you are having trouble falling asleep and staying asleep, try to turn off electronics an hour before your ideal bedtime. Thank you.